car. Where are you, laddie? Adina McAdam cursed as the sharp leaves of a tall thistle found the small, unprotected strip of soft white skin between the top of her knee-high deer-hide boots and the hem of her tucked-up skirts. She looked around the wooded hillside as she idly scratched the irritating small bumps raised by the plant's unwelcoming touch. Her wolfhound had left her side and bounded up the hill, evidently tracking something that had excited him. He had disappeared into the thick growth of trees at the top of the hill, and now even his barking had stopped. After checking that her string of rabbits was firmly secured to her sword belt, she took a deep breath and plunged into the shadowed forest. It took several moments to quell the urge to run right back out, her terror of the forest almost blinding, but she had to find her dog. Gar was the only companion she had. Forcing back the dark memories of how her lovely but heartless mother had left her in the dark forest to run off with her lover, Adina concentrated on finding her dog. The day that had bred her fears had occurred fifteen years earlier, when she was barely five. It was time to shake free of such childish terrors her heart pounding in her ears, and the cold sweat of fear trickling down her back, Edina stepped deeper into the forest. Gah! Curse ye for a witless beast! Where are ye? A sharp yelp answered her. Edina turned toward the sound. Calling repeatedly to her pet, she followed his sharp answering barks, softly cursing the forest for trying to mislead her with its echoes and the way it concealed the true direction of a sound. When she finally saw Gar sitting beneath a tree, she was torn between the urge to hug the dog in relief and soundly scold him. Then she saw the bundle of rags he sat next to. Even as she cautiously approached, one tiny, pale, dimpled arm appeared, and a little hand grabbed a clump of Gar's thick fur in a way Adina knew had to be painful. Gar just glanced at the small hand, then looked at Adina and yelped. A bairn, she whispered, as she crouched on the other side of the child. She reached out to touch the cooing child, saw the dirt on her hands and grimaced. Adina trickled water onto her hands from the goatskin she carried, then rubbed them clean with the skirts of her soft grey gown. After gently detaching the baby's hand from Gar's mottled grey fur, she picked the child up in her arms and found it impossible to silence her dark memories. As clearly as if it were happening before her eyes, Adina could see her mother riding away with her lover, laughing at her cries. She had stood where she had been left for hours, unable to believe that her mother was not going to return. The sounds of the forest had changed from enchanting to threatening with each passing moment. In her terrified child's eyes, the trees had become grotesque, dangerous shapes trapping her, alone, within their shadowed home. Her dour uncle had not found her until the next day, and by then, her fear had deepened until it had scarred her very soul. It did not help her to conquer her fears, when every time she looked into a mirror, she saw her mother.
Adina was not sure how exactly she matched the woman's looks, but she knew she had the same thick, unruly raven hair and the same faintly slanted, clear green eyes. That was more than enough to revive the painful memories. The lack of love and attention she got at her uncle's home ensured that she had nothing with which to soften those harsh memories. Did your mother toss you aside? she whispered, as she undid the child's swaddling and carefully looked him over before covering him back up again, relieved to find no injuries. At least ye are too young to ken what has happened to you and where ye are. Ye will nay be scarred by the painful memories of the fear. Why do they do this to their bairns, laddie? Mothers am I supposed to cast aside their bands like the bones of a finished meal?